You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You're listening to 40 Something Podcast, Valley in the Vig. Now, here are your hosts, Silicon Steve Valley and the Vig. 40 Something Podcast! Yeah, we are vibing. This is Silicon Steve Valley. There's the big on the other side, and we are feeling good on this Monday. Or is this Monday? Yeah, it's Monday yeah, it is morning. Monday. Sure. And the big, after having some time at Red Rocks this weekend, comes back refreshed, rejuvenated, renewed, and dreaming of Ethereum tokens in his slumber. What is going on with Ethereum, and why am I loving life and buying rounds for everybody? Sure. So with Ethereum up 15% in the last day, uh, there's an upcoming upgrade called the London hard fork. So a hard fork in blockchain is just basically a technical term or a fancy term for an upgrade, really. So this hard fork or upgrade will be called EIP-1559, takes place at the end of July, and that will actually lower the transaction fees that is, is used to do business on Ethereum. Because unlike Bitcoin, Ethereum is actually going to be a running, working ecosystem, uh, financial system that runs on the internet through a blockchain. And uh, you know, a lot of it's basically going to be an, a, a, a mini Wall Street on the network. So Ethereum will have its own Wall Street, really. Derivatives, trading options, leverage trading, uh, all kinds of things done on that network. So the price of Ethereum has actually, where it dipped basically to $1,500 within the last two weeks, is now up over $2,100 in this past hour. And that's basically Wall Street getting involved because you figure, well, you know, it's 1145 East Coast, people on a Monday, and Ethereum starting to go through the roof. That, those are the traders on Wall Street buying into this this commodity. So it, it's really a go. And if you were able to get in with to Ethereum at, at about fifteen, sixteen hundred, or seventeen hundred, even um, you've really made a really good move. And I know we we had said that a couple several times. I know we we kind of give you spoke and mirrors on here a little bit. This is not financial advice, and it isn't financial advice. You should do your own research. But if you were able to get into Ethereum on the floor here these last couple of weeks. And even I don't feel it's a bad price right now for where it's going. Um, you were able to make a, a tremendous financial uh, investment decision that I think is going to benefit you for years to come. Now, so usually when the market is doing something of this nature, it's usually based on Bitcoin exploding. Bitcoin is moderately up 3% or so, maybe 4% at the moment. But Bitcoin still had only at 34 Gs, whereas... Ethereum, which was as low as 1500 1700 as late as Saturday afternoon. And ever since Saturday night, things have really been popping for Ethereum. And so to get into perspective, Joe Schmo doesn't know anything about blockchains, cryptocurrency. Will he be able to use Ethereum unknowingly? Or is Ethereum in your, like, where is Ethereum going to be used? Uh, where someone can tangibly tell you that's where it's going to be used. Sure. So I think its primary function as a token will be used to burn gas fees on its network to run financial transactions. So you'll be able to invest in, say, another token that does a derivative trading that's connected with the stock market. You'd be able to use your Ethereum tokens as gas fees, which will burn 
as part of a financial transaction on the network. So that's where I think it will have its huge impact. Bitcoin is really just going to be a store of value, a digital gold, per se. So you you know you may hear things like, oh, you might be able to use Bitcoin to pay for a Tesla, but I think the fact is, is that, that that never really happens, you know? And I think that Bitcoin is really going to be a store of value like gold. It's going to be a digital gold. And I think you're going to start seeing over these next couple months a decoupling from Bitcoin. So in other words, Ethereum, Cardano, some of these other t- uh, other networks that are separated from Bitcoin, they're their own ecosystem. They're going to decouple from Bitcoin. In other words, their price action is not going to go in tangent with Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin goes down or up, doesn't mean that Ethereum is going to go down or up. Ethereum could go up on its own. Bitcoin could not do anything. And honestly, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that as time goes by, I seriously think that Bitcoin will be worth less and less. And these other tokens are going to be worth higher and higher prices because they're actually going to be, they're going to have an actual function in society that are going to be used to do things. Whereas Bitcoin is simply going to just be a digital gold, a store of value. Not to say that it's not going to go to 100K, but I think over time, your 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 value will be in some of these lower network uh, tokens that uh, that will really provide a commodity for the for the for the buyer and the user. Why is Ethereum exploding already? Is it just because of the upgrade that's coming in a few weeks, or is there is another? Reason? I'd say right right now, I think there's always just been bullish sentiment around Ethereum in general, and what you had here was a classic uh, uh, correction or sell off in the market. Now this one was really pretty pretty sizable and it came in waves and there was like three or four of them over the last three or four weeks. And uh, I can tell you for one, my portfolio in general lost over 75% of its value. Okay. So that's all starting to slowly come back now. And Ethereum is a front runner based on, they have this upgrade coming in a month and uh, people are starting to, to, to really take notice of it. And they're starting to use it now. And also the gas fees to use Ethereum are now the, the gas fees are a lot lower than they were say a month ago where they were like in may they were like it would to do a financial transaction on ethereum it costs 75 bucks so it just wasn't feasible now that is actually more like two or three dollars so now people are actually starting to use ethereum to like make trades and stuff like that so it's all uh contributing to the, the rising value of ether the 15 percent in this last day i would say is is probably essentially geared towards the hard fork that's coming in a month but I really feel that Wall Street is getting in on this now. It's gotten around, you know, Tom, Tom, Dick, and Harry talked to each other at lunch on the trading floor and said, like, this, this crypto stuff, it's this Ethereum stuff, it's, it's where it's at. And I think now you're starting to see, uh, I think you're going to start to see, I don't want to make any calls on where the price would go, but I start, you're going to start to see a sizable rise in Ethereum over these next couple of weeks to a month. And I do think we are looking, I'd say probably a year end, maybe a nine or $10,000 Ethereum. That is beautiful. What, when are, will say a person, when is the Ethereum gas going to be used? When is Ethereum going to be used by your normal Tom, Dick, and Harry? Give me a good example. Is it when we use PayPal? Is it when we buy sneakers from Nike? When is the Ethereum fuel and the Ethereum ecosystem going to be used by everyday people that everybody, everybody can actually see something that's tangible to understand that cryptocurrency is, this is the railroads, jump on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I like how you use those two examples there because they're both going to be used. They're both, vi- they're both 
viable solutions for blockchain. So you're going to be you're going to make a payment over Ethereum for your mortgage or your something like that. Or you're you're going to buy something off EBA and you're going to use you know PayPal is already probably going to integrate into Ethereum or the blockchain. You can already buy Ethereum using PayPal. And same with like New Balance sneakers. And um, you know I think you I think actually New Balance. It's funny you mentioned New Balance. I think they already have a preliminary deal with Cardano to be able to use their supply chain on Cardano. So you'll be able to take inventory of how many different New Balance sneakers there are in the world by way of a tokenized tokenization done on Cardano. So it's it's, it's amazing that you use those two examples because those two things are probably going to be blockchain compatible and within a year or two. So I'd say right now, if you wanted to use Ethereum, you could. You just hook up your wallet. To the to whatever you, you would use to make a trade or something, or you want to, um, you know, you could do a lot of different things on Ethereum right now. It's a lot slower and a lot more cumbersome. It's like it's like using the dial-up internet connection back in, in, in 1999, you know, and that's how it is. So you could use Ethereum now if you wanted to burn a gas fee and, and make a transaction. You could see it in the works, but I think the real everyday, uh, you know, Tom, Jake, and Harry that we keep going back to. We'll be using it once the Ethereum 2.0 launches at the end of the year. So you'll have a combined network and then things will be really running fast. And then everybody is going to get it. It's just going to be a big pile on. I feel like Dick and Harry are not nearly as popular as they were 100 years ago. Every Tom, Dick and Harry? No. Well, Tom, Tom's still pretty popular. There's still Toms out there. I'm one of them. I mean, no, I'm not. I'm Steve. Anyway. Tom seems like it's a popular name, but Dick and Harry, eh, usually people go with Rick, Rich. Eh. Harry Harry is an old one that's not so much used anymore. And then Dick is more Richard and more Rich, Richie, Rich. Because Dick, it's, it's a cock. But anyways, yeah. there's not a lot of Harry's investing in Ethereum right now is my point. Uh, it depends on how you look at it. I kind of would think that on a on a global scale and like as far as like uh, people that are like dabbling in crypto, yes, I think that's happening. As far as investment, people are starting to acquire Ethereum and and and, and tabulate it as an investment. But people using Ethereum to like make transactions and and use it as a financial ecosystem, I'd, I'd say right. Tom, Dick, and Harry are definitely not really using it right now. But it, it is in the future, and it's going to be probably in the pretty near future that Ethereum is going to become part of our everyday lives. And also when you go through a portfolio or you go through the prices and all of all these different tokens, and we're talking hundreds, maybe possibly thousands and thousands of tokens, a lot of them say this is a, this is a token or this is a, a, a commodity to be used on Ethereum. Like they all say it's to be used on Ethereum. These are all building to be used within the Ethereum blockchain, within the Ethereum ecosystem, as you spoke of. Sure. So Ethereum, we're telling you right now, if you're not in on Ethereum, get in on it now. This is a big buy-in. Now, we haven't talked in a while. Last time we talked, you were pretty optimistic. And then you went through like a week and a half where you weren't so optimistic. Is your optimism renewed and is it solely based on the last two days or is it – just something that, hey, I'm feeling bad. I saw widespread panic and got high. And so I'm feeling sure. better. Sure. Well, honestly, I think I think you kind of just kind of just dabbled over that. Like, well, he wasn't feeling very optimistic. I mean, I, I was in the shitter. Okay. That was a huge crash for, for me. Somebody that's gotten very, very involved, almost head over heels involved in this. Okay. I took a huge stumble, a huge hit these last uh, couple of weeks. Okay. So 
I would say that this is probably that traction gain that we needed to start to build back. Um, I think it's still too early to tell. I don't think there's going to be any more uh, these bottom out periods that we're having these last couple of years where it's just like total double digit losses or double digit uh, uh, crashes, like, you know, in, in value. I think, I think we're over that for now. I think there's going to be some hits that are going to come uh, as we start. But I think, I think you're seeing today, Monday, June 28th, you're starting to see that traction gain now back with Ethereum up over 15% in the last day. A lot of coins following suit. A lot of Ethereum-based coins are following suit. So I think that this is the beginning of the comeback from that. And honestly, we said this on the last podcast, I believe. This was the time to get in. If there was ever a time to get into this, get into it. I don't know if you want to take that as financial advice or not. I mean, obviously, you know how I am with it. This is not financial advice, but it seems to be like one of these one of the one in a lifetime type uh, movements. There have been a couple of them, but now the second time, you know, like you see Cardano at a dollar thirty four. It's obviously a lot higher than it was. That's up. That's up about seven and a half percent in the last uh, twenty four hours. So that's going to be like that's going to be like an Ethereum. It's going to be its own network, and it's going to be probably faster and more secure than Ethereum. So which means the Cardano blockchain will probably house a lot of government, civil, public, and banking type um, transactions or, or, or companies or entities on that blockchain. So. If you if you if you if you're looking at something that say like I'm looking for the next Ethereum, well look, two thousand dollars is a little bit out of my price range to try to acquire things. What would be kind of the next one coming up? I would I would look at Cardano. I'd look at Solana too. S O L A N A, and that is currently I think around thirty five dollars, um, thirty two dollars right now. And that is that not on is Coinbase. Actually, Where can you get that one? Is Solana on Coinbase? Solana has just recently been listed on Coinbase. So it is available on Coinbase. Uh, and that is at $32 a coin right now. And that is a recommended buy from the crypto. 411 Yeah. Yeah, holy shit, big. Yeah, I mean. So these these will be like uh, blockchains that will act a, like a, a lot like Ethereum. But they're up and coming. They're not already running Ethereum may have some headway as far as what is running on the network right now, based on these other two that I mentioned. Uh, Polygon is another one that will be a layer two that will actually be a side chain, a side blockchain that will connect Ethereum with other institutions and real world institutions. And that's currently at $1.13 up over 11% in the last day. Yeah, man, it, it's incredible. So now you're seeing the escape and release of some of the control that Bitcoin and even Elon Musk and just figures. I mean, Elon Musk tweeted about Dogecoin today. I'm looking at Dogecoin. I don't know how much it has moved. He tweeted that he's he will he's looking to invest to make it a, a sizable actual commodity. And okay. Dogecoin is up. Yeah, Dogecoin moderately up only a couple percent. So maybe yeah, the might... Elon Musk touch is not quite as palpable. You know, sure, you go back right. a month and a half ago, every, everything the guy did, and he was taking a shit, the market would take a shit with it. He tweeted something. Oh, guys, I'm, I'm all on board with Elon. So very interesting to see how Bitcoin and Elon Musk, not really parts of this Ethereum and overall market search. 
Yeah, and these are all different phases of a, of a nascent industry, a nascent technology. So this, that, you know, we get we're coming out of the Elon Musk phase where yes, he would make one tweet and the whole damn thing would go up or down. He'd do a Saturday Night Lights skit; it'd go up sixty percent. You know, we're starting to, I, I, you know, my word for the day is decouple. We're decoupling from that where we were once all part of that as pairs, and now we're like splitting away from that. And you're going to see more of that happen. So, right. So he made, so Dogecoin, Dogecoin up, uh, you know, about as much as Cardano has been, is, is now sitting about 25 cents a token. But right, something like that a month or two ago would be, oh, it'd be going through the roof. It'd be a big party. I think people are starting to see through that. And also, <laughs> I just think People, the everyday Tom, Dick, and Harry that did get involved with this in the last couple of if you invested in the last couple of weeks during right before it, you lost a lot of money. You lost a lot of money on Dogecoin. A lot. So people oh. are a little apprehensive to just react on some of these things now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, don't forget Dogecoin was at 70 cents. 70 cents. 70 cents after the Sariat live skit. Well, well, that's when it crashed. It was, it was just right before he went on Saturday Night Live. And then his mother came out in his monologue and shat on Dogecoin by saying, hey, I'll give you your present tomorrow. And she said, it's not Dogecoin, is it? And that was got the big laugh. And then he came back uh, during the, the news. The news. Yeah, and he was being really political and really vague about what Dogecoin is. And then at the it's end. It's a side hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. Yeah, that's what crashed it. So, I mean, it's all a hustle, though. It, it, it's so funny. If people actually it's listen to the hustle. verbiage, if people start listening to the verbiage and use any common sense, they would understand it. I mean, governments are trying to look. And by the way, another thing happened today, Vig, and I saw it very early. The largest in terms of volume trading cryptocurrency exchange system. And I, it, the, the, it's it's just it's escaping me now. It's big in it's big in Europe, big in the eastern part of the world, and it was. You are no longer. It's it's not a big deal, but it makes news. Just like when you know the Chinese, it happens with the Chinese and what have you. That it is no longer regulated. Making money on cryptocurrency in the UK as a regulated option is not allowed anymore. It's been banned. I mean, that happened overnight. And so I, I was this close to selling my Ethereum around nine o'clock this morning, thinking that that news, when that starts breaking, shit's going to crash. And then I'll buy back. Same thing as I did this past time. But I didn't for whatever reason. And then Ethereum has gone through the roof since I've made another, you know, another thousand bucks just easy. And um, it, it's pretty incredible that, like you said, the decoupling is very important and prevalent because now just a news news story here or a tweet here, it's not making mountains move. It's not making these giant ripples in the ocean. It's, uh, you know, it, like, you know, you had mentioned, it's just really tough to short the market right now. Um, and like, the, you know, that would obviously be a, um, an amazing investment if you were to be able to short it like that, buy, buy in lower, obviously, you know, people do that on Wall Street. And they make tons of money every day with that. And of course, it is a hustle. It always has been. Everything on Wall Street is a hustle. It has been for the last hundred years. You know, it's just that when something new comes up, it's always criticized. This is how everything was with the Internet, buying books on the Internet. You would have never thought that. 
buying books on the internet would turn into this huge Amazon enterprise. And they put it down just like they put down, uh, you know, the iPhone, they put down the apps and they, you know, these all became formidable uh, versions of technology that have, have used to shape the world as we know it today. And that's what's exactly going to happen with Ethereum and the block and blockchain in general. Absolutely. It's very exciting. And it's good because we haven't had a time like this in cryptocurrency that we were having back in the, in the early spring. We've been having some real doldrums lately. And it's like, ah, we've still plugged away and get, got you got you guys tales from the crypto keeper consistently. If you've been listening, we know what we're talking about, folks. We really, really do. We've been pretty much spot on. When I say we, I say big. Uh, and it's feeling good right now. And the more you pay attention to it, it, it definitely seems like it's a little bit easier to understand, obviously, the work you put in. Vig, why don't you do something with your career in a cryptocurrency since it's been the thing that's been, let's be honest, taking up a majority of your interest the last year and a half, if not longer? Yeah, that's something I've look, looked into. And I think uh, really, really right now there's a big splurge on Technics, you know, technic technicalities. If you know how to make things work, as far as coding is concerned, and that's 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 a big demand for that now. Because what we're going to be doing is starting to build what is called smart contracts, and that's going to act, that's going to be the actual transaction on Ethereum or Cardano that makes what you're trying to do work. It's going to be built into a smart contract, which is basically a computer program that runs on the blockchain that's full of code that tells the blockchain what to do with your particular transaction, whether that's going to be for a mortgage payment, whether that's going to be for a bank deposit, whether that's going to be to buy New Balance sneakers on through New Balance online uh, store and have them shipped to you. That's all going to actually be switched over to the blockchain. You know, people will say, oh, you know, Vig, you're just kind of running your mouth today. Or you, you know, we're back, the bulls are back. And, you know, I, I don't think, you could be out there thinking, I don't think blockchain is going to take over like, like you guys say it is. And that, that's fine. Everything is a risk. That's why I even say, do your own research. Don't take this as financial advice. But, you know, the voice on these podcasts, we took kind of a novelty behind this based on the, the bull rot where we saw it all kind of go up. You know, I, I actually had uh, made, made, made life-changing, um, I, I made life-changing money. I will say that on this in the last, of course, all that is is now not there anymore, but that's just how things work. And the same thing could have happened on Wall Street. And the same thing could say it could be back in three weeks. But uh, that, that's how I knew I was convinced that this is going to change the world because I simply changed my life in six months, really. So anyway, so that was kind of cryptocurrency review today. Tales from the Crypto Keeper. Switching gears here, Vig, you went and saw widespread panic on Saturday night. How was that? So that was a really good show. You know, I've seen Panic a handful of times, maybe probably double digits now. Um, I got a free ticket off a friend who couldn't make it. He had a lot of work pile up for his business that he owns. And uh, you, you know, Mark, he he, uh, he lives out here with me and um, he has his own business and uh, it's piled up you know, work to do. So he gave the two tickets to me and my friend Mitch and we went and checked it out. Place was packed up to full capacity. I mean, it was really like you had missed a beat, but I will say, I kind of feel like things are a little darker on the other side of this. Uh, things that people, I feel, you just feel the vibe. People are a little bit non-trusting, a little bit more out for themselves, a little bit more not so quick to like hold that door for you or like say hi or like laugh or something. So I kind of noticed that my friend did too, but Panic did a great second set. Um, 
they uh, did a, a machine gun teases from the Jimi Hendrix, the da, 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 you know, um, during the drive, during the driving uh, cover, uh, or actually, so Panic does driving. I'm not a big Panic fan. I don't know a whole lot about their their repertoire, but uh, it was a good show. It was just good to be out. It, it was rain. The rain came in the beginning, uh, poured on us a little bit, then the wind came up and stuck with us for most of the night. We got out of there just before the ending, before the encore, because it. Friday night, it was a mess getting out of there, what, what we heard. And uh, it's just good to be back. Uh, I have to say, if you haven't really been out a lot to this type of stuff, because I really have not up until recently, the last week. I was at Levitt Pavilion, and then I was at Red Rocks here in Denver. And uh, it, it, things are back. We, we are back at full capacity. We are, we are over this. Um, I think we're going to see spurts, like, like minor, uh, concealed or concise, uh, isolated, outbreaks because of this uh, Delta variant that's out and because people just didn't get vaccinated. So at this point, I think, you know, we were, we were blue in, in the face. People were blue in the face about getting the vaccine and it, it was readily available. There's tons of, there's tons of countries out there that would love to have the capacity that we've had. And they're going to probably start getting that because we're, we're, you know, I think we're, we're reaching our, our tight for that, but it just, it just was really good to be out and the weather was nice. And uh, you know, it's, it's just, the summer is on now. You love it. And in that vein, but actually, before we get into Peach Fest coming up this weekend, I wanted to say something that you brought up. You brought up that it's people, for lack of a better term, and I'm completely paraphrasing, it's a colder world out there. People are colder. Mm -hmm. People aren't as warm. People aren't, aren't as trusting. There was a lot of ugliness here. So this is my challenge to you, Vig, challenge to myself, and challenge to everybody that's listening out there. You know that corny thing that you always heard growing up? Be the change you want to see in the world? Well, this is a really great opportunity for you to do that. Be the person that holds that door open. Be the person that greets with a smile. Now that the masks are off, let's see your asses smile. You know what I mean? Let's get to a point now. Where we make being kind and empathetic and loving a norm. This next level consciousness we're talking about, the conscious creator, it's going to happen. It's happening now. We're, there's the, the young kids, people my daughter's age, they're getting tired of that. So you can either be a help, be kind of a facilitator in trying to make this world better by just impacting the world around you. That's the biggest difference you can make. It's not by some fucking corny social justice jerk-off comment or bitching about the straight white man you, you cannot stand at fucking dinner or at a bar. It's not going to come from that. It's going to be coming from empathy. It's going to be coming from love. And by the way, there's a friend of mine, and, and I'm not going to mention their name. They, they bitched about bros. I, it was, you know, you know the type, bros, you know the chads you know sure. they, think of dave matthews fan right wing dave matthews fan, okay sure that, and my friend went out to eat with them i guess and she just had to eavesdrop on their conversation she had to know what they were saying so much so she posted about it on facebook and that's why i was on facebook for about four seconds today because i want to be like dude you took time out of your fucking day to tell the entire world that you saw two chads at a bar and you didn't like their conversation. That's not how you're going to heal the fucking world. That's how civil war comes. 
So amazing that that's where we're still at with, I haven't been on social media in over a year, uh, almost two years now. And it's just that I remember that's how it was. It's just enough to like, give you a bad day, make you have, you know, make, make your day a downer, you know, uh, uh, stick with you, stick with you all day. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely over that stuff. And it's, it's amazing how that stuff is still out there. And that's, you know, that's how, that's how Facebook has become, has been for a while. It's not going to change. No, um, but that, that, that's the thing. That's why when you hear people in their twenties and, and teens, it's like, Oh, well, Facebook's for old people. And then you look at what they're doing on TikTok and other things. It's not vile. It really, I mean, there, there's the vanity there and there's the needing to show the best of self that everyone needs without with, with 30,000 filters, not showing who the fuck you really are. And so everyone else is trying to compete with your bullshit. So they throw their bullshit on top of that and everyone tries to have a happy life. Or then there's the opposite end of the spectrum, the cries for help and the pleas for attention that everyone needs. It's all horseshit. Don't have a fucking audience for a second. Don't bash somebody who's different from you for a second. Don't have your opinion on every fucking thing on social media. By the way, I do see the irony that we have a talk show that just gets opinions. But get your own fucking talk show and leave Facebook alone. Because I am of the opinion with my daughters, like I said before, my daughter's generation and the generation Z's, that generation, they are kinder. They, are, they have their problems. But those problems are all overcome with time. The problem in our generation, the generation, the boomers, those problems aren't going away because we're not going to change. And we're going to be shitting ourselves in nursing homes. And they're going to be like, well, maybe you shouldn't have said fuck them immigrants or fuck them whoever. All these people who are in control right now who are clinging to their ways and are showing no empathy and no love, their time is coming within the next decade or two for them to reap every negative bullshit piece of trash thing that they've done and they are, are going to reap what they sowed. And I might even be including myself in a lot of that. So go be who we are meant to be as kind, loving, empathetic people. It starts with you. And then because just like you said, that person ruins your day. Maybe you hold that door open for somebody or give them a smile. That changes their day. Those are the ripples you see in a day-to-day -day basis. Not your bullshit on Facebook. Put Facebook down and go make a stranger happy. Well said by Valley. So that being said, I personally, Big, am excited just like you were this weekend, this past weekend live music outdoors and seeing some of my very favorite bands at the peach music festival of Scranton, Pennsylvania, 40 something podcast will be flying their flag high on the off site RV camp. We're going to be having live radio shows, live radio shows, performances, and we're going to do live podcasts, hopefully with the VIG live with us via Skype and, or whatever we can pull off. What do you think sure. about that VIG? And what do you think about Peach Music Fest out in Colorado? Are you going to check it out at all videos or anything? Or who are, would you be excited to see if you were going there? Sure. I would, uh, I don't know. I would definitely be excited to see a lot, just, just to be out and be amongst the crowd and, 
be with be 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 with your friends and be be back there like you know it's a whole year that this has been you know we, we went crashing and burning last summer and now this summer we we, we thought we were going to get back and it would be we'd be back and now we are but uh i don't know it's tough to say i, I don't know if goose is going to be there but man goose is a hot band right now i would would definitely encourage anybody to try to check them out um let me see. Well, what we're going to do right now, Big, is we're going to check out the... We are going to check out... We're going to check out this lineup real quick and the schedule. And so, for Thursday, the, Cor the Cordovas, Twiddle, how about them? Uh, okay. Yeah, pigeons playing ping pong. They're getting a really good spot this year. People love pigeons playing ping pong out here. What do, about, what do you think about PPPP? They're okay. I, I saw them, at, uh, I saw them open up for Twiddle at Red Rocks, and uh, you know, they, they, they got that. I think, I think they really attract that theater crowd, you know, then they kind of have that, that theater esque to their, their music. It's very like, hey. You guys, you know, oh, stuff. Uh, yeah, their music know, is, I like, I like how their music has evolved. It's like, they're a little bit more uh, eclectic than they were, say five or six years ago. So I will say that. And they're going to bring the party. I'm going to check them out. I'm going to do my best. Dark Star Orchestra, huge dead fan, been seeing Dark Star for over 20 years. So I'm excited to see them. Um, and then you see what we have on the side stage as well. And then Friday night, this is uh, more up my alley. Friday night, we got Black Bear Keller Williams, and this is main stage. Keller Williams at 245, looking great. Blackberry Smoke. You know about Blackberry Smoke, Vic? I don't. They are a fantastic Southern rock band. They're not really country. They're more Southern rock. Outstanding band. And then this is where the party picks up for me, folks. So I'm going to be at the main stage all day starting at about 2 o'clock on Friday all the way to the end of the night because we got Keller Williams, Blackberry Smoke, two bands I love. Well, Keller Williams I love. He's not really a band. Mo, been seeing them for 20 years. Joe Russo's Almost Dead, really the consummate and best Grateful Dead actor is right now. I don't think there's even a question. And then Vig, a band we know very, very, very well, probably at nausea to the point we don't even like him that much anymore. Uh, Humphreys McGee does the late night on the main stage, 12 to 2 a.m. So a hell of a Friday night. Looks good. That Friday night looks real good with Joe Russo is almost dead. J-Rad, uh, Humphreys McGee, Mo. It almost is like a little mini summer camp there on Friday night. Absolutely. And then you got it. Yeah, look, you got to throw in live from the Fillmore East, which is, I believe, a an Allman Brothers tribute, a Keller Williams, obviously. So this is going to be great. Other bands on Friday night that might get some people thinking is Aqueous. I know we have a lot of friends that love Aqueous. Uh, and then Saturday, which is the other killer show and killer situation. Turquoise Talking Heads, by the way, headlining the late night. I am really fucking stoked about that, folks. If you don't know who Turquoise is, I feel bad for you. If you don't love the Talking Heads, I even feel worse. So you're going to have one of my favorite bands who clearly is influenced by the Talking Heads playing their favorite. Oh, I can't wait. Turquoise Talking Heads. I didn't know that was happening till right now, Vig. 
That is good. Also, with uh, that, uh, if you if you do happen to be there between twelve and one that day, the Kitchen Dwellers, who hail from out here, are actually a very good band to check out. So I do do uh, endorse them for for not not, not so well known on the East Coast, but out here, Kitchen Dwellers are definitely a good 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 outfit to check out. Yak Attack we saw actually at Jibber Jazz. They opened the Mushroom Stage. Uh, Andy DeFranco and the UN. No, Andy Frasco. He's getting Neil Francis we've heard a lot of good things about. So the Mushroom Stage is going to get a lot of my love on Saturday. Spafford, everybody loves Spafford in this area, but I, I don't anticipate being anywhere other than the main stage, really from Oysterhead on. But I will check out possibly Yak Attack. But we're going to be doing a lot of things during the day, so the earlier time slots is going to be hard to get to all the music we want to see because, hey, we're going to be doing podcasts. We're going to be celebrating. We're going to be promoting 40-something podcasts, and we're going to give out some free T-shirts. So that's going to be great. And then Friday, ah, that is that is unfortunate i am going to miss it is going to be a late closing usually peach is over by six o'clock this year the string cheese incident one of the biggest reasons i'm going to peach closing sunday night and that's really going to be the only thing i'm going to be checking out warren haynes is obviously blind boys of Alabama. so if you like the old country rock situation that might be your thing but Cheese is really the main event for me by far on Sunday and a really great peach, man. I, I am. I am more excited now than I was uh, 10 minutes ago. Sure. That seems like a killer lineup. It almost seems like that turquoise talking heads with Spafford, that's going to bunt heads a little bit with some people. I feel like there's a bunch of people out there that would love seeing both of those sets, but they're going on at the same time at Peach. Absolutely, absolutely. Cannot wait. Peach Fest just days away. And that'll do it for us here at the 40 Something Podcast. Thank you so much. Check us out, 40 Something, on all social medias. Check us out. Please check us out. Offsite RV Camping. We're going to be set up. We're going to do some live music giveaways. Check us out at the Peach Fest. This is 40 Something Podcast with Valley and the Vig. We will see you later.